0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie May Peluso, and this is a Grief Survival Guide episode 21, The Great Grief Relief, Five Ways to Relieve Your Grieving. This is something I started after my mother died and the Grief Survival Guide became a mini series that is available sprinkled throughout this podcast. So if you dig back through old episodes, you can find the Grief Survival Guide episodes there tucked in and there's all types of Themes and guests that we have to talk about what they experienced while they were grieving. And this one is brought to you by me. I'm talking about ways to relieve your grieving, ways that I discovered for myself that helped me get through the process of loss. And, you know, it's staggering. 65 million people die worldwide every year. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of death. And With each of those people, at least five to nine people are grieving on average. So that's a ton of people needing relief. And in America alone, 7,000 people die a day. And that's about 35,000 people who are grieving. So I hope one of those people, if not a lot more, are listening and are able to get some sort of benefit from this episode and from this mini-series. We also ask a question, where do we go when we die? If you want to be a part of that conversation and go a little wild in your mind and create some sort of creative way or think about what you really think happens to us when we die, shoot us an email, comedy at gmail.com. But for now, I hope you guys enjoy this Grief Survival Guide, Episode 21, The Great Grief Relief, Five Ways to Bring Relief to Your Grieving. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jessie Mae Peluso. It's a personal look well it's not really a look because it's a podcast i'm already fucking this up this is kind of like a verbal comedy diary a deep look into the crevices of my mind it's gonna get dirty you might cry you probably laugh hopefully you'll laugh talk about my dog sometimes each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. This is a special Grief Survival Guide episode, episode 21, The Great Grief Relief, Five Ways to Relieve Your Grieving. If you are unfamiliar with this series, it's available on my regularly scheduled Sharp Tongue Podcast, which came out kind of rough right there, Sharp Tongue Podcast. The Grief Survival Guide mini series is available within that podcast. And we're up to episode 21, This is a podcast mini-series I started within Sharp Tongue after my mother died. Now, for those of you who know me, know that both of my parents have died. My dad died in 2018 from Alzheimer's, and my mother died in 2020, not from COVID, from a series of issues that sent her to the ER, and she was in the ER for about 87 days. I think it was 87 days. My sister knows those numbers because those are the things that help her cope with grief are the details and... I cope differently. Well, this uh, Survival Guide mini-series is all about that. It's all about coping, and there are sometimes when I think of ideas and inspiration for it, and I record when that happens. So that's why there's sometimes gaps in between these episodes, and you kind of have to dig within the podcast to find them. But I'm excited to be here with you guys. I'm excited to give you some relief from your grief. I know that might sound oxymoronic. To find relief in grieving, because it seems that there couldn't be any relief in that. And I thought that initially as well, and having lost both of my parents and being completely untethered from my creators, if you will, I have experienced some relief in that, and we'll get into that. But before we do, make sure you guys become a part of the conversation. And I've asked questions during these different episodes that we have in this mini-series, asking, where do we go when we die? I know it sounds like kind of a mystical question and how could we ever know it's something we don't even experience. How can you report on something you don't experience? This is meant to just open up the conversation about grief and open up your mind and and maybe provide you some relief with that moment of exploration and that moment of sort of wondering what happens. And there's no right or wrong reason, so feel free to send us what you think, what happens uh, when we die, where do we go when we die, and what happens when we die, and send me those to Comedy at gmail.com, and I'll pick my favorites and read them, and I'm going to read some at the end of this podcast. So there's a lot of ways to relieve your grief. I've picked five that have really worked for me, and we're going to get into that in a minute, but one thing I want to talk about is just my thoughts on grief and, and dying really in general. I had an experience recently that I talked about on the podcast where I was put under for anesthesia and I was put under against my will. <laughs> you can listen to that episode. I think it's a few episodes back and it, it's not like I wasn't put under my will, like, like the, the Cosby kind. We, we're not going into that. This was by an oral surgeon and I realized that's sort of what we do every night is I go under at night and revive myself every morning. We're basically kind of experience experiencing a little bit of a anesthesia death. Every night we go to sleep and we're rem- miraculously revived by all the chemicals in our our brain and we're woken up. So it's it's something to really think about how when you wake up you have another day. And as cheesy as it sounds, there's a little bit of inspiration for you there, just to experience a little gratitude waking up. And now some of you might be like, well, I don't want to wake up. I'm good. I'm good with this life. And that's an entire other conversation. But just for this episode, and we're talking about grief and relief, the fact that we even wake up is a miracle because we basically anesthetize ourselves every night. And I thought, well, this guy's doing it. He needed a degree. I'm doing it naturally. So maybe I don't even need an anesthesiologist anymore. You know, I'm putting myself under every night and hopefully waking up in the morning. I just thought about that when I was doing a float, which we're going to get into because the float, which probably sounds like such an LA thing, and I will explain what a float is in my favorite segment called Overheard at the Farmer's Market, when this was just something that was overheard between myself and my assistant Debbie, and she told me I needed to put that in the overheard section of the podcast. So we'll, we'll get to that, but I thought about this. Like, Well, anesthesiologist puts us under, but we put ourselves under every night. We take for granted that we wake up every day. Well, not some of us, not, 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 not some of us, you know, all of us do not wake up the next day. And that's the whole point is to try to find gratitude in that 2.5 million people die every day in the United States. And that, uh, sorry, every year that averages out to about 7,000 people a day. I had to do some math and For each one of those people that die, there's an average of five to nine people who are grieving that person. So it's a lot of people. It's a lot of deaths. And it's something like 65 million people die every year in the world. That's a lot of grieving people. And so that's what this mini series is here for. It's here to provide some relief for those people who are grieving the ones that they lost and to realize all is not lost when you experience loss. And I'm here to be your little grief guru, if you'll have me. I don't claim to be an expert, but I've certainly endured two of the greatest losses of my life and it changed everything for me. So I thought I need to do something with all this energy and all this heaviness and turn it into something that is of use for other people, something that can provide some purpose and make me feel like I'm contributing to society and into my listeners. So that's why I do this mini series and I hope you guys find some useful anecdotes and useful tips from this episode the great grief relief so we're, we're going to get into floating now let's jump to my overheard section which in my normal podcast I do this overheard at the market which is basically me overhearing various types of white women say the the craziest things ever and I guess I don't need to say white women it just has happened to ha- come out of the mouths of white women every time And I can't wait for that to be gentrified. Well, not gentrified because it already is too gentrified. I can't wait for that to be, you know, culturally diverse soon. But for now, it's just white ladies that are saying the craziest things at farmer's markets. And stuff like, did Sequoia tell you about my rebirth party? Stuff like, Dashiell, don't put that in your mouth. You're going to choke. So on and so forth. You get the idea. And this latest overheard came from me. It came from me, and I, I texted this to my assistant, Deb. Let's see. Let me, let me check the time. It was 1 p.m. T- today, so it was like three hours ago. <laughs> three hours ago, I sent this to Deb. I got to close my window. Sorry. A little too breezy in here. It's like I'm talking about death, and I feel like all the spirits are starting to blow into my studio here. So I texted this today, just a few hours ago to my assistant. I said to her, I floated this past weekend and some deep sadness was released. I feel much lighter. And she says, I have no clue what that means, but that's good to hear. I feel like I have to read that in your L.A. voice. Now, the L.A. voice is this one. It's like this. It's the girls who sound like a door is forever opening or closing, a very creepy door those girls are also overheard at the farmer's market. That's how this is all coming together. So I've heard LA girls, their voices at the farmer's market, and then we're like, we need to put this into overheard on the on the segment, on the podcast. And she's, Deb says, relax, Dashiell, let me know when the rebirth party is. Just so you know what my team is like here at the Sharp Tongue Podcast, just so you know what I'm dealing with, the types of audacity. I said, I'm making my own overheard that is that is going to go into the podcast. So that's basically my own overheard is I floated this past weekend and some deep sadness was released. So what's floating? Floating is these sensory deprivation tanks that can either be pods or they can be small rooms that hold a vat of very salinated water and there's so much salt in the water that you're buoyant and the water's kept at a temperature that is equivalent to your body temperature so you don't necessarily feel the water especially when you start to get still. So basically it's a tub for you to cry in and fill your own tears with. That's what we're doing. We're getting into somebody else's tub filled of tears and we're filling it a little bit more with our own tears. A lot of crying happens in these float tanks. I know a lot does for me and it's also provided a lot of relief for me. So i went in and floated this past weekend because i felt overwhelmed and sometimes the things i do to myself and the little tricks that i have don't always work to keep me balanced so you have to throw in a curveball every now and then And this past weekend float was the curveball and it actually made me think about this week's episode and gave me inspiration for this week's episode so we'll talk a little bit more about that but i wanted to tell you guys you know, all the craziness I talk about sometimes provides me some value. And so whatever I'm giving it to you, I want you to know these are things that are that are tested, okay? They're, they're quality tested by the person telling you. And I, I don't know if it's going to work for you, but I want to tell you everything that has worked for me. I know it sounds very L.A. to say I floated this weekend, which could mean a lot of things. Let's be honest. People floating in L.A., they're floating on all sorts of drugs. This was just me and some salt water. Nothing too crazy. So (laughs) it was interesting that all these things just came to my mind, and that's going to be included in the top five ways to relieve your grief. Um, I also wanted to go into a segment that I like to call uh, uh, death reviews. Basically, I, I came about this on accident on my other podcast, The Deuce. Tully and I were just... I don't know. Talking about, I forget what the subject was, but I ended up looking up coffins for whatever reason, and and then I was like, "There's reviews. Like, how do you review a coffin? Who's reviewing coffins?" And I don't even know what you write to review coffins, <laughs> so I had I had to know, and I found the greatest review for <laughs> the coffins. And let's just read, it's, one website is called trustedcaskets.com. Now, this isn't the original website that I found the review for, but I just happened to look on it, and I have to read you a couple because they're ridiculous. The latest review says, comfortable, good value for money, slept like a baby. Very funny. Very. There's a lot of people with senses of humor, or who knows, maybe this guy's really sleeping in a coffin. You know your life is rough if you sleep in coffins or you're a vampire i i I don't i don't wish anyone to have a rough life so i hope that it is a vampire this would be a great business i'm sure that there are a lot of vampires who buy coffins if you know if they're in a pinch and they need some darkness the next review says amazing it was super good my grandpa had no complaints at all thank you so much what is your grandpa dead who who went in the coffin for these people One guy's sleeping in it. One grandpa had no complaints. Well, did you put him in it alive? Because I'm pretty sure that's illegal to bury your grandpa. Uh, Did you bury your grandpa alive in the coffin, sir? Andrew, who left this review? Uh, Let's see. This one says, looks great, great price, reliable, thank you for the service, Um, fast delivery. These are boring, 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 nothing fun. We will use the company again. Sounds like they're planning on killing somebody. The caskets arrived on time. What's the rush? People want to rush and put people on the ground? I guess, you know, there is a freshness factor to, to consider. Not to be rude, but isn't that what the... Doesn't the morgue keep that all situated? See, this is why I want to do a full podcast on grief and experiencing death and how to sort of survive the entirety of it all, because there's so many questions. There really are so many questions. So this, let me tell you the review that made me come to this idea to just do casket reviews. It was on TitanCasket.com. This person gives Titan Casket one star from Spultsvania, Virginia, which my mother and I stayed in Spultsvania, Virginia. That's ironic enough. I'm just remembering this. Her and I drove cross country together. We stopped in Spultsvania, Virginia, which is a beautiful little town. highly recommend if you're ever driving through that part of the country to stop because they have beautiful wineries. really unex- uh, unassuming little town to stop in. And my mother and I had a great time. We stayed at a beautiful Airbnb. I'll I'll include I'll show you the Airbnb on in the show notes and I'm also going to be including some resources for what we discussed today so don't worry if you're listening and you're like wondering how you can get some more information i will provide it in the show notes so make sure to check that out for any of the top five ways to relieve your grief i'll put a little link for everyone so this is a one-star review for titan caskets from spalt spaltvania spotsvania that's a tough one Spotsylvania, virginia she says epic failure titan if i could give zero stars in this review i would My mother-in-law recently passed away and I decided to choose a Titan casket for her. Some difficulties I had was working around a three-hour time difference between the casket company and the funeral home and shipping over a holiday weekend. That's a busy death. I ordered a casket and on January 14th at approximately 9 p.m. Eastern Standard, this woman is not joking around, she ordered the Titan Orion series with a dropped flag headboard. This feels like a very important detail. I called Titan before placing the order, let them know I couldn't verify the shipping address until the funeral home opened, but I wanted to get the casket in production so it could be shipped out before the holiday weekend. I placed a note on my ordering status, the same as well. Once a funeral home opened, I called them and verified the shipping address. Then I called Titan and Bob answered the phone. I feel like Bob's gonna get skewered by this woman. I informed him that the address I used from the Funeral Homes website was also the shipping address. Before I could get my question out about shipping over the holiday weekend, he blurted out, I got another call and just hung up on me. Bob should never be permitted to answer the phones. Bob was probably stressed out. He probably freaked Bob out a little bit. She I mentioned earlier that the casket was for my mother-in-law and was ordered with a drop flag for the headboard. When we were actually able to put my mother-in-law in the casket just 2 hours before the service the headboard was embroidered with father <laughs> titan was contacted and they tried to offer some lame excuses by bob about how flag and father both started with an f well bob so does failure <laughs> I forgot all about this. Now my mother-in-law has been interred for all of eternity with a headboard and with father. Whomever is in charge of the lack of quality control at Titan should be fired. <laughs> you see why I wanted to read some coffin reviews? This woman's pissed and I feel bad about Bob, man. I mean, Bob might have been going through some grief, you know? If an average of five to nine people are grieving every day, well, average five to nine per person dying every day, which is 7,000. So let's do, we can do some math together. You guys are probably like, we can do this quicker than you. But if there's 7,000 people, let's just do, that's like like 35,000 people on average are grieving every day. Bob could have been one of them. I think Bob deserves a break. What do you guys think? Bob deserves a break. I love these coffin reviews. And... I wanted to include it in another episode for the Grief Survival Guide, where it's ways to entertain your grief and, and laughing being a very important part of that. We'll, we'll include that later, but I wanted just to <laughs> tell you guys about something that made me laugh and brought a little happiness to, to me thinking about coffins, which is such a macabre subject. Isn't it so dark? Well, let's bring some lightness to the darkness. Let's talk about The Great Grief Relief, five ways to relieve your grieving. Number one is something that relieves a lot of things for us. It's a great way to relieve most problems for me, and that's movement. I know it sounds very simple, and it doesn't have to be complicated. I don't know if you're like me where I tend to overcomplicate things and add too many steps to something that could be very simplistic, but movement just in general, it could be a five minute walk. It could be a hike. It could be a a dance class, going to the gym, doing some calisthenics in your backyard. It doesn't matter. I think as long as there's some regimen of movement in your day to day, at the very minimum, 20 minutes if you can. And I'm not here trying to, as one of my friends says, Ted talk you about grief. I'm only offering what I've done and what's worked for me and movement was vital for my survival. I think getting here's a theory for me that there's so much depression associated with grief. And when we're depressed that affects every part of our body from a mental level to a physiological level down to like a cellular level. I think all of our cells are depressed when we're depressed, when we've lost someone. And what's a way to cleanse your blood? Movement, getting it oxygenated and movement is the way to get your blood flowing and to refresh it and to get some new blood going through your body. And And that's one of the best ways to make yourself feel better in a pinch. And Some of you out there might be like, but I just don't have the energy to move. And I understand, I know, and I think there's a place and time for that as well. But it requires a lot of discipline. And I do think it's important to honor those emotions and those feelings and feeling like you want to do nothing, but this is for you. And this is something that has nothing to do with catering to anybody else's way of processing loss this is all about you and how you can heal and i really think just a little bit of movement that's why i say even five minutes and if you're someone like me when i'm going through sadness or depression associated with loss when i was at my sister's home and she can attest to this i would keep myself up in the guest room some of the time and i had a yoga mat in there and i would force myself to do just simple movements just a little bit of something there's so many apps out there I'll provide you one of the apps that I used during the grieving process for me, which is still going on. I know they say you, now that this article came out about th- this new type of grief, like extended grief, which is going under the psychological title, uh, you know, having an official title, where that makes me concerned because I feel like maybe it's a way to provide some medication for it if it has a an actual title, it was this article about that. And I think that, you know, trying to stretch and trying to do just a little bit of movement during that process, during that time is really, really important. So I'll I'll include that stretch app, but for me, I'm still grieving and I still need these things. And I don't think that there's a time frame that anyone should adhere to. So I'll put that link in of that article because I do think it was an interesting article. And I do think that it shows how much we know about grief and, and how much we still have to learn. There really isn't any sort of college or courses or anything dedicated to it. Like it's its own science and that's why i'm interested to learn more about it for myself so i'll include that in the show notes as well so movement just movement in general for me really worked doing some yoga doing some stupid dances putting on a little bit of music and dancing like a wild person in your bedroom whatever it is it doesn't have to be anything crazy don't overthink it keep it simple just a little bit, five freaking minutes. You've got five freaking minutes for yourself. And this is what this is about is bringing you some relief. Even if it's just a little bit, you've got to do it. It's, 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 it's a part of being disciplined through this process. And a part of the discipline is also something we're going to talk about later in the list. That's the opposite of movement. But for now, movement is key. And try and get it in the beginning of the day or whatever works for you when you have the most energy. And even if you just feel like you have a little burst of energy, take take advantage of that. Go run downstairs and get a piece of chocolate cake and run back upstairs. We'll, we'll count that as movement. So number two of ways to relieve your grief, get out in nature. Again, it sounds so simple and it really is. Get out in nature without a device. I think it's important to disconnect and unwind we're obviously we're obviously of nature we are from nature and I think it's important it's important to reconnect to that reconnect reconnecting to that with your device is a little bit more difficult have it in your back pocket you know no one wants to go missing on a new hike Uh, and I don't want to be responsible for it you know I don't want to have to be called by the police and be like what well, this a person went missing because you told them to go out in nature and without their device so we're gonna need you to come help and I will come help but I'll feel really bad that, that it was at my own advice so bring bring a device if it makes you feel safe I'm only requesting that you stay off of it stay off of social media and and look up at the trees look up at the leaves stop and check out a weird bug don't touch it because it might have a disease. Just getting out in nature and hearing the sounds of nature and, and really immersing yourself in an environment that is devoid of modern civilization can really bring you some relief. And that's, these things are, are things that we could use when we're not grieving. But for me, these are things that worked during that process when it was you know fresh on the heart, mind, body, and soul and it's, it's such an attack to all of your, your senses. It's such an attack to all of your systems that you sort of have to, in order to relieve it, attack it from all of your systems as well. You know, from your body, your mind, and your soul. And I think being out in nature kind of checks all of those boxes. And there were so many times I felt drawn to nature when I was my saddest. And I don't know why. M- maybe it is... Uh, because that's where we come from if that's what you believe. I don't I don't you know, everyone's got their own situation. I stick with <laughs> I stick with evolution. But obviously there's probably some religious people listening to this and I am here for wh- whatever your journey is, but for me, I felt called to nature and I felt called to being away from people cuz people can be tiring. People in general can be really exhausting and when you're going through loss, your energy bank is so depleted you're so exhausted and rightfully so like i said all of your systems are being completely attacked and there aren't a lot of courses or ways to learn about it like i said i've i've looked and there's i I should take that back it's not that there aren't a lot of ways to learn about it there are but it's not like something that is considered a disease even though it's something every person experiences in their lifetime. I I wish there were more resources for it. But for me, my resources came in my experience and, and nature called me. And I, I hiked during the winter almost every day after my mom passed away. She passed away in November, November 13th on a Friday. And I hiked and I probably hiked to try to find her in some way you know for me going into nature is kind of like mother nature and going back to mother nature and i i think i felt called to go on hikes because i was looking for my mother and the only other mother i feel i have left is mother nature and so i wanted to rekindle that relationship probably is what i'm thinking as i'm speaking right now and There is some beauty in that. And there is also some heartbreak as well. But I think the point is that you're not alone. And I think being alone physically going on hikes is really good for your soul. Just make sure to check your six because people get snatched. I got to keep it real. We got to check your six and bring a pocket knife and some bear mace. Okay. Call me so I know you got home. So number one, we got movement. Number two, we have nature. I'm going to provide the article on the new grief syndrome that has been titled and described by the psychology board, I believe. Um, Number three, number three uh, ways to relieve your grief, community and family. And this is coming from somebody who's very antisocial when they're sad. It's very difficult for me to call on community and family. I go inwards. Some people go outwards. My sister's a very social person, and she's really good at building a community. She has an amazing group of friends and community in Syracuse, and i that's more of a challenge for me. It's challenging for me to build a community. not Not that it's challenging for me to build a community. It's more challenging for me to ask for help or to go to friends and to lean on them. And so that was something that I really tried to challenge myself to do. But I think it can mean many things. You know, community can mean volunteering in your community. It can mean doing something to be a part of your community. It can mean volunteering at your local church, your local old folks home, even though I don't like that term. It just sounds like it's where they're supposed to go and I don't believe in that at all, having experienced what I've experienced with with my parents, but it can also mean visiting a family member, taking out a friend for, for lunch, reaching back to an old friend and rekindling an old relationship. When you lose important relationships and important people, it really is an opportunity to grow and create more connections with new people or rekindle relationships with old people. And it's a great way to sort of fill a void in a way. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. There's so much guilt associated with grief. I talked about that a little bit in the beginning of this podcast when I floated. I, I had epiphanies, my float epiphanies were feeling guilt for not being there when both of my parents had passed. Um, I think I talked about it. I hope I did. If I didn't, I, I had these epiphanies when I was floating <laughs> in my salt bath of tears. I felt guilt for not being there because I was not able to be there for either of my parents' passing. And there's a lot of guilt associated with loss. And I think going out and, and rekindling a friendship and going out and being a part of your community can alleviate some of that guilt and alleviate some of that feeling of wishing you had done more. There, there are still relationships to forage and there still is a way for you to have a relationship with your with your loved one who has passed and that is a whole other episode that we can do how to maintain a relationship of a dead loved one and the most important thing is to know that you aren't alone there there is a community there is a a way to stay connected with your family in a new way. You know that's the other thing. It's, it's. It really opens up relationships and it changes relationships. That's something that you will realize very soon that dying can change your relationship with with people and it, it can bring new people into your life. So I think knowing that there's a community out there for you, knowing that there. Are, are ways to reconnect with your family, or ways to maybe separate from your family even to create space for better people. There's all sorts of things that will come about. So all is not lost. You have to know that you are not alone and building a community is a really important way to relieve yourself of any sort of emotions associated with this great loss. Okay, number four. This helped me out a lot and it continues to help me out. Learning something new. A great way to occupy that depressed mind, that sort of heavy, grieving mind, body, and soul. Learn something new. Challenge yourself. And this is something that I have talked about on previous podcast episodes, but I think it's really important. And this goes for men and women. You can learn cooking, pottery, karate, salsa, whatever it is. And the more awkward you think you're gonna feel doing it, the more you should do it. I think if you're a man listening to this and you're a super hetero guy and the thought of you putting your big, thick paws around a a tiny block of clay makes you clam up, well, get clammy, Sammy, because it's going to be a fun time. Get in your ghost mode and get ready for Patrick Swayze to snuggle up behind you because you're going to giggle and you're going to feel ridiculous, but I guarantee you, you're going to have some relief. You're going to experience some great grief relief. Trust me, you buddy, clammy Sammy. So get those hands dirty and and make me a pot. I want a vase. That's what I want. I want a freaking grief vase, (laughs) but it can be anything new or just doing something new. You know, it's sort of like the eat, pray, love of it all, even though I, there's issues with that book that I have. I'm learning about all these different memoirs because I'm taking a memoir writing course. I'm writing a book about my late great father, Joe Peluso. And eat, pray, love is something she had to do. She went through a type of grief. You know, we're talking about loss and death, but loss comes in many forms, and I think losing a husband, to divorce even though you wish he was dead even though emotionally you're like he's dead to me Uh, grief comes in many shapes and sizes so I think this is a way to eat pray love yourself out of the grief zone if you will and it can be anything we'll leave this open to your interpretation anything new just do something new try something new learn something new it's a way to sort of occupy your mind and anchor it in a different way. It's a way to anchor that sadness and anchor that depression. And it's a way to make the nucleus of your emotions not be depression and not be sadness. You have to focus on a single task. And I think that's why it's important to make it a hand-eye coordination thing because that requires so much focus. And that's the whole point is to draw your focus away from The emotion. And that's not to say that we are numbing the emotion. That's a different thing, I think. I think numbing the emotion comes in the form of drug usage and doing harm to yourself. There are many ways to cope with grief. And I think this is a great way to sort of deviate your focus a little bit because we all need a reprieve. We all need a little grief reprieve. And learning something new is a great way to just pivot your focus a little bit. So number five, we're going to get to, let's do a quick recap of the top five ways for me that I have found five ways to relieve your five ways to relieve your grieving. Number one movement. Number two, nature, getting out in nature, going for a hike, doing something with your feet in the grass, like a real hippie. Number three, building your community and family, rekindling friendships, forging new friendships, putting yourself out there, volunteering. Four, learning something, doing something, and experiencing something new. And number five, probably my favorite because it is the reason I came to this episode. It's the reason I thought of this for you guys. Number five is get a mop. And you're probably like, like a mop and bucket? Not a mop and bucket. A-MOP, A-M-O-P, a a moment of pause. I think I'm so freaking clever. I think I'm so freaking clever. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you how deep this goes. Let me tell you on a meta level how deep this goes. A-MOP, a moment of pause is an acronym that I created and thought of while I was in the float tank filled with my salty tears at the place that is called Pause Float. (laughs) Wow, I thought of get a moment of pause at pause, and I just gave away my spot, but that's okay. Sharing is caring, and a moment of pause is so important. I do that on my Instagram once in a while, and I spell pause p a w s because it's usually just a video of my dog chilling, and it's a quiet moment, and it just shows them relaxing and I don't say anything, which is a shocker for everybody out there because I have 17 podcasts and do stand-up comedy and talk a lot. So for me, a moment of pause is a real deviation from who I am. And it's a constant practice, but I find so much value in it. I found so much value in floating. And I know it sounds like LA folklore, LA witchery, and it might be, but there are real benefits to floating. And if there are float, tanks or float uh, services in spas in your town, check it out. I highly recommend it. And it takes a little getting used to. It's a way to meditate. And I would like to add meditation being included in this number five tip. A moment of pause can be whatever it is for you. However you need to get a moment of pause. Heck, it can even be a busy mother needing a break from her kids and going in the food pantry like Charlotte did. Anybody watch Sex in the City? Her kids were driving her nuts in the kitchen and she was about to freak out and she did and she went in the pantry and had a cry moment and that's when the nanny or the old pair with the big boobies came in and saw her and realized she was having a moment of pause in the pantry and the nanny took the kids and they left. We all need it. Even Charlotte from Sex and the City needs it. So however you can get your moment of pause. And you know, I thought about nature being a moment of pause as well, the number two tip, but this is different. I think... A moment of pause needs to be away from people, away from your device. It needs to be a really quiet place. Maybe it requires you to meditate. I'll include the app that I use for this, Insight Timer, that brought me so much relief. I can't tell you how much relief it brought me. It brought me so much relief that I sent Insight Timer a message and told them, I thanked them. I I meditated every day after my mother died. And it really saved me. And it, it allowed me to feel what I needed to feel in those moments, it allowed me a moment of pause. It, it, it provided me with so much calming focus and, and really a moment to just appreciate who my mother was and to appreciate that I'm going through something really devastating. And I think the reason I made this list is we're so busy right now. All of us are so busy. And I think a lot of the reasons that we are struggling is that we aren't finding time or the resources to relieve whatever grieving we're going through. And it doesn't even have to be the loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of a job, the loss of a limb, you know, the loss of a marriage there's a lot of different types of loss, but the one thing that is always constant is we are grieving something or someone in some way. And it's important to find ways to relieve that because when we don't, we we are toxic to ourselves and we're toxic to our communities and it's it's no good for anybody. And I realized that for myself. I realized I was experiencing emotions and have been experiencing emotions. I've been very open about it on this podcast and and I think that I learned and have learned and continue to learn so much about this grieving process that I think is really profound for myself and I have these epiphanies and I want to share. And so I hope these tips help you guys. I will include some, some articles. I'll include my stretch app for the movement. I'll include uh, a couple things about hikes. I just received this really cool app that I was watching, uh, I was watching the Celtics and Miami Heat game and there was a commercial for this app and I think it's called Viator. Viator. I'll I'll include that app because it has a bunch of hikes for your local area and there's also a bunch of other things on there. I think it could really work. So for movement, I'll include the stretch app. For nature, I'll include that Viator app. The community and family, making sure that you are volunteering or reconnecting with a family member or even letting go of a family member who's become toxic, toxic, whatever you need to do for yourself to make some space for new friends. And you can choose your own family. That's the beauty of this life. You don't have to be in contact with your family member just because they're blood. So that can mean however and whatever it means to you. And number four, learn something new. I think the Viator app would be really good for that because there's different classes and trying new restaurants it's, it's just a really cool app so I'll include that for number four and number five get a mop a moment of pause I'll include the insight timer for that and I hope this provided some relief for you guys and let's get to where do we go when we die uh, there's a couple messages from people I'm gonna read my favorite one from one of my OG fans here Michael Yang He says, greeting, Jesse May and Deb, who is my assistant and podcast producer at this point. As requested, I'm writing to let you know what I think happens when we die. We may have addressed this in a previous episode, but I really liked what he wrote, so I'm reading it again. Coming from a perspective and belief, I suppose that we're all connected with not only other human beings, but arguably the universe. I think, kind of like you, that as you said, your mother is within you or a part of you. I believe that as well. I believe our soul metamorphosizes into something that is difficult or maybe even possible possibly unfathomable to our consciousness in this life form or existence. Example, we breathe oxygen. We know it's there, but we cannot see it. It's a solid point. Same thing with, you know, electromagnet... What? (laughs) Magnetism. We can't see that. (laughs) And radio waves. He says, my apologies for being so wordy and grammatically disastrous. I use voice to text because of my brain injuries. There's some... Grieving there. I'm sure you need some relief Michael sidebar He says I just want to thank you so much again for your brave sweet and generous voice for all the things that you say My heart wishes to hear you inspire me to be a better person to have these conversations with myself Help me reframe my trauma and overcome my stagnation. Thank you so much So much of what you put out seems to be in huge synchronicity with all the things i'm going through Which is why I find you so relatable and somewhat worthy of all the tremendous support. You're someone I root so hard for and wish you all the best success in life in general and I want you to be happy and I hope you're going to shine even I know you're going to shine even brighter which makes such a great impact on so many more people like me please take care of your soul your mind your body and your scooch all the love all the energy all the support scooch if you guys know me I say scooch a lot scoochy scooch well I hope that this episode helps you I hope it brought you some relief I hope the resources I put in the show notes also brings you some relief and if you want to get on that conversation get in on the conversation about where do we go when we die email me jesse may peluso comedy at gmail.com tell me what you think happens when we die and i'll include some of my favorites on the podcast thank you guys so much and here's to relieving your grief